podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. Well, this week it is the Masters. It is the first major of 2023 and it's a huge week. Elk, this is always like the week that is everyone's looking forward to you know there's so much build up around it first major as i said and you are there in augusta georgia all week and do you know that the flowers diane have already passed there's nothing literally in bloom at the golf course the, it happened a month ago very rare it's never never hardly happened i spoke to some of the guys today out there and they said yeah come back here a month ago it was awesome but there's nothing left there's a few azaleas on the 13th tee and that's it um, yes, you're right. It's a, it's, it's obviously the, you know, I've always said that this is almost like a national forest. When you come to Augusta and you see people that walk past you at the event where I was today and they just look at their feet and they look at the ground and they look at the holes they've seen on TV. And it's the most fantastic thing to see anyone that comes to the tournament for the first time. Yeah. Now, last night, Frank Bassett and I were at the uh, famous T-Bones this is a place that, you know, Nicholas and Palmer and everybody have gone to for the last 50 years. They play live music, they eat steaks and drink wine, and they talk about all the things that there are Augusta. It really gets you into the flow, Diane, so much so that we had a great night and off we went to the, off, off we went to the golf today. So um, it was the way to introduce ourselves to this uh, annual pilgrimage down Magnolia Lane. Sometimes I was playing. Now I'm just as excited to come down and watch it. It really is. And when you're there, you're so immersed in the week. I mean, everywhere you go, people are talking about the Masters. People that don't even know anything about golf, if they're in that part of the world, then they are fully immersed in the Masters. It's like being at Disney World for golf fans. And I remember I had been there a couple of times um, before I went there with you. But going with you was a completely different experience because we walked the course together. You pointed out every flower, every tree, you know the grass is almost like walking on fake grass um the the place has to be seen to be believed and you see it on tv you know that's one thing you've played on video games whatever to actually be there i mean it's just it's beyond your wildest expectations really yeah there's nothing quite like it and it's i'm glad it's that way because it's uh, such a has such an impact on in, in, such an impact on you when you go to it i was up under the tree had lunch with fuzzy zella and his daughter gretchen today craig staller came through hale Irwin came through a lot of the guys like myself that have won major championships uh before are always invited to come back as honorary uh attendants to the tournament they take care of us they're, they they they're hospital Hospitality to us is the most incredible of any event uh, that I've ever been to. Let us in the clubhouse, do whatever we like. It's awesome. Um, so we're going to enjoy this week, Diane. But today we've got to talk about who's going to win this tournament. And it is so crowded at the top, Diane. I don't even know what to do with this paper I'm looking at because we've got 10 or 12 guys that are almost all equal. And it's going to be very difficult, Diane, for anyone below to be able to match that kind of top end, let's call it, you know, um, RPMs at the top that these guys have got. Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, all playing really consistent golf. Throw in Brooks Kepka and Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson, 
all these guys coming in from Live, and we've got the broth here, Diane, to have a tremendous cook-off of, at the golf this weekend for the Masters. I just went to pick up my coffee. You'll like this. This is my honorary coffee cup this week. Um, it really is. It's going to be a Masters to remember. And like, we're doing a little catch-up video every day. And a lot of this we talked about. So you can go and check that out um, on YouTube and on our social media. And you'll get a lot more stuff from us this week too. But you know, the Masters is, it's tradition. It's, you're almost going into, you know what to expect. You're going to see pretty much the same year after year. You know, obviously our handicapping changes, but um, it's, there, there's, the heart of the Masters never changes. You know, there's some things that are just going to stay the same and they don't need to change them because they're perfect the way they are. But this year is a little bit different because we have this whole live element. And, you know, the, the live guys being able to play in the Masters, yes, I think we've all, we're all in agreement that that was the best decision because we really do have all of the world's best back together this week. And I think people on both sides have really acknowledged that. Well, I think it's a, you know, it's an, I went back and reread Mr. Ridley's statement that he released regarding the live players. And basically, it, you know, to paraphrase what he said is we're going to let everybody back in the tournament that has already qualified for it. Yeah. So, um, you know, we've got to account for Brooks Kepka, who just won his second live event, live event. We've got to account for Dustin Johnson, who plays really good golf on this course. Could it be any more drama if we Patrick Reed is playing well right now, went to Augusta State, won a national championship right here in the backyard of Augusta, and he gets thrown in the mix this week with a Rory McIlroy and all the things that have been said about those two guys. But I think at the end of the day, Diane, golf's going to get a real good shot at getting to look at all these top players. Cam Smith is one that I'll be eager to watch coming off his Open Championship win at St. Andrews last year. Hadn't seen much of him since then. So Cam Smith does really well at the Masters. One loose swing last year, and it could have been his, as opposed to Scotty Scheffler's on number 12, and Scotty chipped in at number four, and that could have gone a different way. It could have been also different, and now the landscape has changed, Diane. But has it really? They're all back together. We're going to break it all down. And let's see what we got. Tiger Woods, we have to talk about as well, obviously. You know, Tiger being back in action this week. And, um, you know, that's always special. Monday morning, we saw the, the practice round with, you know, Tiger playing with Fred Couples, as always, and Rory McIlroy. It, all, it actually said on the sheet that it was uh, Tiger playing with Bryson, first of all. And then they were like, no, that was a mistake. <laughs> it was Tiger playing with Rory, which would have been interesting because Bryson said over the weekend that Tiger has been ghosting him and hasn't replied to any of his texts messages um again another level of the drama but tiger back in action in itself you know what are the expectations around him this week well if if this was year 2000 when tiger was at his peak and he had a similar accident then i would say that he would have a pretty good chance of being able to come out and play two or three weeks a year or four or five weeks a year and do well it's just too much water going under the bridge. It's, that leg is very dodgy looking, Diane, and I'm glad he's walking. I'm glad he's playing, but I just don't think I discussed this with some of the guys from TaylorMade today. It's just not the same Tiger Woods, and I don't think he has the firepower. Yes, he hits the ball nice. Yes, he can move it right to left and left to right. Yes, he knows this course better than anyone, but I don't think he can stop the avalanche of talent around him right now. This is just a particular time in golf where 
we've got we're bunched at the top with a with a with a bunch of guys that all want to do the same thing and they're all playing really well. Yeah, and we want to see him there for four days. It's like, as a golf fan, as a sports fan, as anyone who's going to be involved and watching the Masters this week, you want to see Tiger there for four days because it just changes things completely. Um, Let's talk about Rory McIlroy because he is obviously still seeking that elusive green jacket. Last year, he had a brilliant Sunday. We saw that phenomenal bunker shot that went in on 18 um, and he finished runner-up close <laughs> that was the story of Rory's year really until he went on to win the FedEx Cup but what about Rory and his mindset this year well I think with when I in regards to Rory I think his mindset is simple this is this is what he wants so you know the whole thing for Rory McIlroy the talent's there the form is there he's playing good golf he did lose a two-up lead recently at the match play a couple of weeks ago with three to go the whole question, Diane, and, and over the last 20 years at the Masters, we've taken the categories of what's most important. The third most important on that list is the one that's the key for Rory McIlroy, and that's called bogey avoidance. And Rory, as we know, Jack Nicholas mentioned it recently, sometimes gets a little uh, clumsy at times and makes a bogey or a bad swing. It costs him. He's done it. You know, we've seen it. Can he handle the bogey avoidance? Because... Look, this week, it's about getting in contention. You remember when Jack Nicholas they posted his name on the leaderboard in the middle of the first round or Tiger Woods at the middle of the first round. What did you know for sure when that was posted? That they're not leaving. They are not leaving that board. They are not going to fall into the bogey avoidance and drop off that board. Rory McIlroy has got to be able to control that board. If he gets up there and he can stay, I think he'll win the Grand Slam. And I may pick him. I haven't quite decided. I'm gonna got a little dice here. I'm gonna roll on who's gonna who I'm gonna pick at the top this week because they're that close. Okay. Okay. Well, we're gonna get onto our picks in just a second. Um, let's talk about the course. And you know, as I said at the top of the show, everyone knows this course. I mean, we see it every year. We invest so much. We concentrate on it. We study it. We know Augusta National, but they have changed up 13 this year that's been the real talking point and i know you went to check it out so what are you seeing on the 13th hole now which is called azalea well i went i went down there the first thing i did was walk down to the 12th tee today and looked across the 13 got a sandwich and stood there and looked at it diane I ran into the chairman mr ridley himself came over and said hello to me i played with chairman ridley in 1990 as a marker he joined me in my group so i've I've known him for quite a while and he came over and, and, and talked to me. I said, Mr. Ridley, what were you trying to do with this, you know, putting the tee back 58 yards? He said, basically, oh, you know, the equipment had outgrown the hole. Now we've got them back where we think they're going to hit the drive to the corner, but they're going to be on the side slope, which was always envisioned by Bobby Jones to play a long iron shot to across Ray's Creek to that green. He said, Really, we just want to see some guys hitting some long irons, 200, 215, 20-yard shots off that side hill line. It's a very difficult shot. Even when, when I first got down there when I was a rookie and standing there with a the ball above your feet, you're like, man, there's a lot of things could go wrong right here with this shot. So I heard it from the, the chairman himself. Uh, they think it's perfect setup. They, it's, it looks beautiful, Diane. looks like it's been there 100 years. It's not like a new tee that they put in our course. 
This has got a brick wall around it. As Ayers have been there for years, 40, 50-foot high trees all around the back of it. It's perfect. Okay. And the weather is going to be a huge talking point this week because it's going to be hot for the next couple of days. But once the tournament starts, rain and thunderstorms forecast every single day. The temperature is really going to fall. And on Saturday, the high is like 55. So it's going to be a cool weekend. That's going to change things up. You were saying that the course today is soft already. Yeah, you know, I'm sort of careful to say it's soft. It's soft for the spectators out on the sides, walking in the pine needles. You can feel your feet squish around. I just stood there and tried to see if I could get some water to come up to see how wet the course is. Out on the golf course, it's just it's just sitting there. A um, lot of lot of um, lot of grass on the golf course. They've kept it pretty high right now. Haven't cut it down much. Greens are perfect. Um, I just think it's playing very long right now. It's just, and as this cooler weather comes in and I start to look at the field, I start to look at these bogey avoidance. I mean, I'm really tuned in this week on bogey avoidance because I could get tuned in on driving the ball. I could get tuned in on greens and reg. I could get tuned in and on chipping and so on. But at the end of the day, Diane, you've got to get yourself onto that leaderboard and you've got to stay there. I don't think it's going to be a rush up the board at the end. There could be a long shot winner. I've got a couple of ideas, but they're going to be uh, like your Denny Willett uh, winner from England. He was, what, a 300 to one at that time? For someone to win against this field, it'll be a 250 to 300 to one shot. It won't be someone middle of the pack at all. And just going back to the, the course being soft, they have that sub-air system on the course that they can kind of control it to an extent as well. So, you know, they've got the very... They system. control whatever they want to control <laughs> here, the Masters, Diane. You know that. It's, it's their world. We're just living in it. Right. Well, let's get into our pick. So we're going to do an outright favourite, a one to watch and a dark horse. Now, we've talked about the fact that there's a, a real elite group that sit at the top pretty much week after week right now. You know, and it's hard to, we have to move the live guys into that and consider them. But, you know, we don't have stats on the live guys and they're just not as exposed as the guys on the PGA Tour are. I mean, we're following every shot that Scheffler, Ram, that Rory hits. It's kind of hard to do the same for the guys that are playing live, but you know we're gonna we're gonna move them in and include them. Um, but who are you putting at the top this week? You're making me go first, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scotty Scheffler. I spoke to his parents. They're on the golf course today. Uh, him, uh, Mr. Scheffler and, and Scotty's mother were there, and then his wife played golf yesterday with Scotty on the golf course. I think she said she made like five pars yesterday, which was outstanding, I thought. Uh, what a thrill for them, and, and they couldn't have been more humble, more nice. Scotty Scheffler leads the tour in bogey avoidance for the last six weeks on tour. The guy gets on top and stays there. It's so hard for me to pick him because I, I really kind of think John Rahm's going to win this tournament. Okay. I, I played with Chip Brewer. I'm dropping a lot of names today, Diane. I, <laughs> I played with Chip Brewer, the CEO of Callaway Golf, on Saturday at a wedding down in Savannah. <laughs> and uh, we talked extensively about handicapping that day. And he, and he, he said – you know, Ram is at his best when someone says something negative about him. He said, we need somebody to say something negative about John Ram, like he can't win at Augusta because he fades the ball or he, 
or Randall Chambly said he's not a good enough iron player to win because he's whatever. We need that. So everything tells me that Scheffler's going to win again because of just because, but I'm going to go with Ram. I can't believe it, but I'm going to go with Ram. I told um, uh, the CEO, I said, get Ram a three wood, let him play the power fade. And when he gets on these holes that he has to turn it right to left, don't worry about trying to hook it around the corner, hit a three wood, get a strong three wood with a draw bias and play a, a particular piece of equipment to get him around these corners. I'm going to go with Ram this week, Diane. I just think he's so gets so pissed off with things. Ram does. Uh, he's pissed off with not winning more majors. He's pissed off that he's not number one. He was came out of the West Coast. Then he sort of didn't play well for a couple of weeks. That's it. I'm sticking with Ram. Okay. Okay then. Uh, I was not expecting that. I thought that you would take Rory or Scheffler. I want to take Rory. I want to take Cam Smith. I want to take Scheffler, but I'm taking Ram. Okay, cool. Um, Ram is obviously one of the favourites, plus 900. We've got Rory and uh, Scheffler at plus 750, plus 700. So, um, you know, it's those three. I'm going to give you a 28 to 1 as my outright favourite. I already know where you're going, and I love it. <laughs> Why? Because I'm taking one of your fellow countrymen. Well, that, but you're, 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 you always are going to go for a good story and someone that, not to be just like normal person picking just a superstar. You're going to pick Wait, someone okay. on, the, you're picking someone on the rise and I know all about it. Go ahead. Let me hear I'm it. I'm waiting for Jason Day to win. This, this win is coming from him. Um, and like I picked him for the players. Why not this week? I mean, you have to be a creative shot maker at Augusta National and Australians have done really well here. I mean, you did well. Um, Adam Scott's won before. We were just talking about Cameron Smith. I mean, well, we can list off all the Aussies, but um, let's go with Jason Day, who's playing so well right now. Every event he's played in in 2023, he's finished within the top 20. Five of those have been within the top 10. That's, I mean, that's... Consist amazing consistency from Jason Day. Um, he's had three top fives at the Masters. He's obviously a major winner already. Um, so let's add another one. But again, this is a, a tournament he's played in many times before. He's had a lot of success at. He's playing, you know, maybe the best golf of his career consistently right now. Um, and I am going to I'm going to ride it all the way at 28 to 1. I'm going to pick Jason Day as my outright fave. Well, I like the pick. Jason Day, out of that 12 or 13 guys that I've got circled on my list here, Jason Day would be at the bottom of that list. In other words, he's a good enough player to be able to push through and win this tournament just on form and experience alone. Need some experience at Augusta, but I didn't even mention some of these other guys that I was so impressed with. Sam Burns on the range today it was just ridiculous what he was doing with the ball today on the range. Uh, Victor Hovland's here. Xander Schauffele was working on his short game today. Max Honma was working on his putting for hours. Cam Smith, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, all these guys, Diane, they're all pushed in there together. Um, you know, the live guys... When I think about the live guys, all I can do is go on that form of what they have just recently. 
And one thing for sure, you know, we know they went over there, they're making a bunch of money, and that's great. But that's got to give them a lot of confidence. I mean, Brooks Kepka is probably as confident today on this on this day as he's ever been. Won yeah. four, of the, four, four majors in the last six years. Big injured. Came, went back and won and lived three or four months ago over in Saudi. Now he won yesterday. Got to be feeling good. I mean, he's going to be freewheeling, dying. He's he's dangerous. If I if I was going to, and I know you're not going to let me on a player to watch, but my player to watch would be someone like Brooks Kepka yeah. because he's so dangerous. And I think I'll just do that right now as my one to watch <laughs> just because he's going to be so confident. We didn't yeah. talk about Phil Mickelson. Yeah. Um, let me just pull up something on Brooks here because I just want to look at his um, his finishes at the Masters because um, we all know he's had he's had good ones. Um, missed the cut in twenty one and in twenty two, um, but before that he went seventh in twenty twenty, runner up in twenty nineteen, and eleventh place in twenty seventeen. Um, but Kepka, you know, if you watched the Netflix documentary, he spoke about the fact that he just didn't feel that he, he he was lacking the confidence. He didn't feel like he could go out and compete with the likes of Scheffler and Cam Smith and Rory. So now he's gone to live. He's got all this money. Um, he's won, so doesn't matter about anything else. All of a sudden, this guy's back to winning ways and he's going back to um, a tournament with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. So, yeah, he, he he needs that. He's like Ram. He needs that chip. Um, yeah. I didn't see any. I saw only friendships out there reacquainting one another on the range today. So I don't see any of that uh, nastiness at all. So I do think Augusta will put them together. I, I do think they'll pair pair some of these guys together. Big. I'm talking about big name pairings together. Could mm-hmm. we see a Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods? Could we see you know Brooks Kepka? Uh, Rory. 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 And they're friends anyway. Like they are yeah. they are buds. So we didn't talk about Patrick Reed who's in good form. I mean, can you imagine Patrick Reed being in the hunt this week? It, that will be that will be drama. Kepka is 35 to 1. It's a pretty good number. Yeah. Well, my my one to watch is 45 to 1. You and I are gonna have a debate over this. Well, a discussion. <laughs> but I'm gonna take Will Zalatoris as my one to watch. Um, you know, 45 to 1, I, I can't, I don't know what Will was last year, but I'm guessing he was not 45 to 1 after he finished um, one shot behind Hideki two years ago and runner up in his rookie Masters. But it's, you know, it's not been going great for Will lately. He had that T4 finish at the Genesis in February, and since then, there's been nothing. Um, obviously, everyone talks about his putting all the time, but I think we're back to. Um, He's obviously, he's played in two Masters and he's finished second and sixth. So we're back to a place where there's going to be confidence. Um, you know, use that to spur him on. And the the putting's always been a bone of contention when it comes to his game. So... It's true. It's true. When, when I think of Will Zalatoris' game, I don't have any anxiety about him moving from A to B. It's always going to be that bogey avoidance stat and does that stroke you know he gets a little wobbly whatever uh will that show up and it's tough to pick him when you think of the masters diane you think of balisteris great putter you think of ben crenshaw you think of larry mize you think of tiger you think of you know all these guys that putt so good they're so good with the with the putter scotty scheffler 
great putter. You know, in my head, I can't put Zalatoris in there yet until yes. he pulls it off. But from tee to green, he's as good as any of them. Yeah, exactly. And the the course history and the fact that he has only played in two and he's done great. You know, he's got really, I'm looking at his greens and reg stats. His greens and reg stats are really good. Um, you know, he's, uh, let me, I'm going to get the putting average numbers, which they're not terrible. Like, they're really not. He he was eighth at the Genesis in putting, twelfth uh, after the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Okay, fifty fifth after the players. But I mean, they're not horrific. It's not like we're talking one hundred and fifty or two hundred. So, no, I, I agree with you. I know. Okay. I mean, one. yep. Okay. You know, this week as we move down the board, you know, when you start to think of long shots, um, it really is the true definition of a long shot this week for someone. The next player that we talk about or the next players that, that could win this tournament from behind, when you think of a, a Danny Willett or a Larry Mize or someone that's come from way back, you know, way down the list, what are you thinking about for those, Diane? Are you looking at someone that is, you know, got experience at Augusta? Are you looking for a rookie? I'm looking at a rookie. Okay, I'm not. Because <laughs> before, before I say anything, you could – there's an argument to be made this week that you could take all the first-time players at Augusta, throw them out the door. You could take all the amateurs, throw them out the door. You could take all the – probably the past champions at Augusta, throw them out the door. You could take all the players that have never won a tournament, throw them out the door. Um, you could take all the players that haven't won a tournament within the last two years, throw them out the door. And what do you have left? There's about – 20 guys they got the experience they've been there they're playing well do you think someone from the floor can come up and come in i thought you were gonna hit yourself in the face there with i'm running out of paper (laughs) well you've mentioned my pick a few times um He's a past champion. He won here in 2016. Danny Willett, Danny Willett. my dark horse. He's 130 to one. I mean, that's the kind of standard for him, but I did look and on one of the sites in particular, they've got him at 225 to one. So there's some high odds available because people do not think that he has a chance to win, but they did not think he had a chance to win in 2016 when he was 300 to one. Um, you know, obviously Jordan Spieth kind of made some big mistakes that year and and, and threw it away, but Willett was there and he's playing well. Um, we saw that terrible finish at the Fortinet when he missed two tiny putts to hand that trophy to Max Homa, who deserved it. He played great as well, but um, yeah, he's Willett is playing good. We've seen such an improvement in his game. And he's been there, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. He finished 12th here last year. So it's not like the win was like one good performance that was a fluke. You know, he he, he hung on in there last year as well. So I am going to take him as my dark horse. And I said 130 to one, that's kind of the average for him um, this year. But yeah, he's. I'm, I'm going to go with it. I, I like your, 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 I like your boldness. Okay. Um, <laughs> when I think about a dark horse, you know who should be almost considered a dark horse that is not at all a dark horse would be someone like Cameron Young. He's never won on tour, not a rookie here, um, but he's a superstar waiting to happen. Could someone like Cameron Young that's 
Never won a PGA Tour event. One of my cards that went on the ground here a minute ago. Could a, a non-winner? He would be one guy that that uh, could do it, I think. You know, now that he has a sort of experienced caddy. Not that the other caddy wasn't any good, but this caddy's better. Portisori is better. I'm going to look a little bit further down. I'm going to look at even lesser chance, Diane. I'm going to take a guy that I think has a lot of pizzazz, and that's a kid we all got introduced to at the Players' Championship from Australia, Minwoo Lee. And his sister, Minji Lee, said he's the biggest show-off in the world. Well, <laughs> guess what? This is the week if you're going to show something off, this is the week you're going to do it. And he's only a little guy, but he has a 190-mile-an-hour ball speed, Diane. Hits the ball a mile, obviously, like all these guys do. But Minwoo Lee is a monster driver of the ball. And will this be a sort of a coming out party for Minwoo Lee? I hope so, because he's my dark horse. And what, you're going to tell me his odds. He's got to be 300. He's 65 to 1. <laughs> That's terrible. I gotta, we got to have him higher than that somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to look for you. Um, got to be higher than that. Well, the highest I can find him is 80 to 1. <sighs> terrible. I thought he'd be more. Yeah. he's He's got better odds than Tiger. Does yeah. he? Tiger's 85 to 1. Well, it's going to be that kind of week. So I, I can't find anyone else that I think can come up and do anything. I want someone to show off. The only way, the only, the only kid that can do it is someone that's got that much show off in him, you know, that could maybe push through and beat these guys at the top. Yeah. The, the, maybe the show off is not the right phrase for this guy, but um, someone with that real kind of like the star power and youth. Tom Kim would be another name. Yeah. You know, this exactly. is the first Masters that he's playing in. Um, yep. But, you know, I said that Zalatoris finished second in his first. Fuzzy Zeller, your friend, he was a rookie and he went out and won this. this the only rookie ball. that's ever won the Masters, <laughs> yes. Fuzzy Zeller. Back in 79. So Tom Kim could be a, a good one to look at this week as well. Um, you know, obviously he's just got an amazing, amazing talent. Um, and now, talking about other guys with talent, is it going to shock you? if Terrell Hatton plays good this week out of nowhere because he's played so well on the West over here in America while on this last trip. Yeah. And he's a very straight hitter. Um, doesn't make many mistakes. I'm, I'm all over that bogey avoidance stat this week. If you go to the SG tour app this week, we'll have lots of games up this week, Diane, check out the stats, but look at the bogey avoidance and you can see for yourself, the guys that, that once they get on the board, they're not leaving. Yeah, well, um, Patrick Cantley has got phenomenal stats in that category. Um, so does Max Homa. I mean, all these guys that are in contention kind of week after week. Matt Fitzpatrick is another one with really good. He's top 20 for bogey avoidance all the time. Um, so the, the with the colder weather this week as well, that is a factor that plays into the hands of Fitzpatrick and Tyrell Hatton. Um Danny Willett, these English guys that have grown up playing in these conditions, the Australian guys too. You know, we talked about that you have to be creative to play around here. And, um, you know, with that windy, rainy conditions, those guys, they love it. I think hitting the ball far this week is going to help too. I mean, you know, high and far. If I'm playing with Rory and, you know, we tee off 18 and he hits – high and far down the fairway, 300 yards, and I'm at 280, you know, he's going to be hitting nine iron to the green. I'm hitting a five iron, you know. So 
it's a big it's a big advantage to hit the ball far at Augusta for sure. And and you know we've seen years before like Mike Weir when he won uh, or Zach Johnson when we had wetter, colder weeks, Diane, where the par fives weren't reachable and a lot of players had to play their wedge shots. And that's where some of these shorter range players like a Zach Johnson, like a Mike Weir came up and won. I don't think that's the case this week. There's too many guys with too much power. You know, I don't care if it snows, Rahm, Scheffler, Rory, they're all getting to these par fives all day long. And we're not even talking about Dustin Johnson and Brooks. They're all going for it. And I just think this week, Diane, if this was horses, if this is, we're talking about horse racing. These are, there's a dozen thoroughbreds. We've mentioned them all, almost all of them, probably left out a couple of them. Shoffle, I don't think I mentioned or speed, but there's about a dozen of them. They're going to they're going to set the pace. Let's say the pace is, I don't know, let's say the pace is 12 under going to Sunday. Who's down the list that can actually is capable of getting to 12 under down below and playing that kind of good golf around all this action? Mm-hmm. And that's really what you're looking for in a long shot. Mm-hmm. But I think this tournament is going to be settled at the top and once and for all. And it'll be interesting – what if a live player wins this, Diane? Is, it, is that going to throw an, uh, a wrench into everything? Or is it just going to be, hey, we're going to have to live. We're going to have to live together now. We've, these guys are for real. They're not actually all retired and not playing anymore, et cetera. Well, uh, Greg Norman and Brooks Kepka have both said that if a live player does win, that all of the live guys are going to be around that green, the 18th green on Sunday. To, to congratulate them. So it's kind of like, I don't think it's like an ask me them, like a little gang thing, but you know, these guys are, they they have this one thing in common now and it's that they are all, um, you know, playing on the disruptive golf league, so they call it. Yeah. So I think they will stick together and that, I mean, who knows? To be honest, I would love to see a head-to-head battle between someone like DJ or Cam Smith or Brooks with the likes of Rory Ram Scheffler on Sunday. Like that's that is entertainment to the max. And by the way, just for my own uh, people, ask me all all the time what my thoughts are on Liv. I don't think it's disruptive at all. It only it's only slightly disruptive when when Liv is in the US playing against the tour. Mm-hmm. When Liv goes to Australia, it's going to be huge in Australia, and when they go. To Singapore, it's going to be massive for the kids in Singapore to see all these good players play. It will be a, um, it will be an example that the tour will go, hey, wow, we should be in Singapore. Or, you know, in other words, when it goes overseas, it's easier to accept the product for what it is than it is when they're playing right in Orlando last week, for example. You sort of feel like you have to pick one side or the other. I don't actually do that. I watch both. I'm, I'm looking for good golf. I'm looking for good swings. I got friends on both tours. I'm pulling for this and that and so on. So, you know, I'm looking at, I want to see good players. I want to see good golf. Yeah. Well, Jason Kokrak, who's a secret golf contributor, he's part of Live Now. He finished in the top 15 last year at the Masters. Um, there was a, a heap of them that played really well last year. You know, guys that have now moved across um, who are back this year. So, who knows? Who knows? I can't wait to see it all begin to unfold on Thursday. And we, you know, the only thing, the only, the, the last thing that we can only hope for, of course, would be a Patrick Reed to play well and get asked a stupid question and then respond in a Patrick Reed way and just completely flip the telecast on its head. And there we go. Off we go. <laughs> 
Well, according to you, Rory McIlroy is not going to complete the Grand Slam this week, or might he? I would, yeah, you know me, I'm a huge Rory fan. I would love to see it. Would love to see it. Yeah. Especially after the way that he ended last year and finished runner up and, you know, the disappointment at the Open Championship because I was all in on him for there um, to win at St. Andrews. But yeah, I would love to see Rory win. Of course it would. And Spieth, this will be the last thing that we say. Um, Spieth, this is a weird, is it coincidence or what? But he has won on Easter Sunday the last two years. The Texas Open, RBC Heritage last year. Sunday is Easter Sunday. So I heard your little superstition. How about this one? Uh, in 2019, when Corey Connors won at San Antonio, Tiger Woods won the Masters. Mm. And last week, Corey Connors won in San Antonio. So does that mean... Your friend Michael McEwen, I'm giving him credit for that uh, text <laughs> I read on his feed this morning. So, 85 to 1. Okay. Well, you're there all week. As I said, we're going to have a little video catch up with you every day. No phones allowed on the course. Anyone who's been there, you know, that's just the thing. There's no phones allowed on Augusta National. You're allowed to take a camera with you, like a disposable camera or whatever, um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But we'll catch up with you on Tuesday and on Wednesday once you leave um, the I might, Yeah, I might do it. I might do it on the way in uh, yep. as well, just from the car and uh, tell you what, my, what I'm going to try to do. But I'm going to try to bring, you know, course conditions uh, pairings that's happening on the course that day, try to get a good feel for what's going to happen with the ball once it lands and rolls out, what's happening, who looks good, etc. cetera. Okay. Give you everything else in cuisine and fashion. In <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my only uh, my only request would be for you to go to the merchandise either the master's merchandise shop or the club I shop and see if they have anything for little babies oh you know what I'll do that for you no problem oh, yeah. it. it's not about me anymore it's all about him yeah yeah I'll okay. definitely get you something oh well thank you and thank you for watching the tour report don't forget get involved the games are going to be brilliant this week on the SG tour app um, and we have all of our stats up there that we've been talking about too that Elk threw up in the air but you can go check them out get your picks in and as I said follow along this week we've got all of Elk's drawings too we'll have to get an updated 13th hole drawing oh we'll have to yeah we'll have to do a, a voiceover for that yeah, you can uh, go and find some crayons somewhere and scribble it down. But um, yeah, yeah, just uh, keep it here and we will bring you everything from Augusta this week. Sports Social Podcast Network.